your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLovingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so is free and ensures you never miss another episode. You'll also stay up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. Before we kick off tonight's episode, I did want to tell you a little bit about why Locked On NHL needs to be in your daily podcast rotation. You need more hockey news, and Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the league. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps every day. Subscribe to Locked On NHL right now wherever you get your favorite podcasts. On tonight's episode, I thought it'd be prudent to discuss the end of Winnipeg versus Montreal. As you may have guessed, Winnipeg did in fact get swept, which is actually quite a rare feat for a team that swept an opponent in their first round. Winnipeg is uh, one of three clubs now that has swept its first opponent only to get swept in the subsequent round. It's a very rare honor. I'm not sure you can actually call it an honor, but it is a funny statistic. Winnipeg is one of three teams that's a, a rare distinction, so yay, I guess. I don't really know what to say about that one. But what I can tell you about is a very disappointing series. Overall, if you've missed any of our previous episodes, I've gone into detail about why Winnipeg versus Montreal has kind of been something of an unmitigated disaster. The long and short of it is that as soon as Dylan DeMello and Mark Scheifele went out of the games, you could basically tell where the series was going to trend. Winnipeg last year had a very similar outcome against the uh, the Calgary Flames. This time, though, it was a bit more self-inflicted. The DeMello injury, definitely nothing the Jets could do about that. However, I would say that the Jets didn't really bring in enough defensive depth, and that's partially on the front office. I know that DeMello is a very important piece and somebody that the Jets have definitely relied upon. He's become an increasingly top-four option, which it's crazy it took the coaching staff this long to pair him with Josh Morrissey, but either way, top-four D don't really grow on trees. So if he goes out, there's a pretty good chance the rest of the pairings are going to be affected. But I think what was really sad to see is just how bad Winnipeg's defense is without him. As soon as DeMello went out in like the first five minutes of game one, you could basically tell that things were going to look a little bit dire on the back end. You know, Stanley was going to have to get more ice time. Pullman was probably going to get promoted back up to the first pairing. Derek Forbert was going to get more time too. And there was the likely outcome that Jordy Ben would at some point rejoin the lineup. All of these things more or less came true in some capacity, and they went about as well as you'd expect. So not really a great series from the defense. I think we all kind of expected the Jets defensively to struggle. They weren't great against Edmonton, which I've said before. Not really going to rehash that, I think you get the idea. The absence that definitely had one of the biggest impacts on the team was Mark Shifley. I know that he is Winnipeg's number one center, and I think you could tell that offensively the Jets just weren't the same without him, but by the same token, this team has survived without him in the past. I think DeMello going out really just sealed Winnipeg's fate, but Mark Shifley getting himself suspended, especially in Game 1, that was basically the final straw that broke the camel's back. So I look at the series, and I see... A very frustrating loss that felt like the Jets could have avoided it. After the first couple of losses, I wasn't really sure how the Jets would respond on the road. The third game was pretty bad. Winnipeg looked very dispirited. There were a lot of defensive miscues. Guys were turning the puck over. Lots of lost physical battles in the corners. Montreal just sort of ran over the Jets. 
And then it came down to Game 4, and in this game, you know, I talked about it on the last episode, but in the opening few periods, the Jets basically got, I don't know, they were basically run over. It's hard to really describe it as anything else, because Montreal just sort of trashed the Jets. You could sort of tell that heading into this one, on the back end of a consecutive night of games, the Jets weren't going to be all that strong. But to see just how bad they were against Montreal, and how scared they were to play Montreal aggressively, it was painful to see. This is a Jets team that has historically been very good at attacking opponents, especially weaker teams, and yet here the Montreal Canadiens were maybe a more well-balanced roster and certainly a, a technically stronger defense, I guess, but to see the Jets not even pressure them at times, especially against a team that, frankly, the Jets do outmatch in sheer talent, it was very frustrating. Winnipeg was playing not to lose, and in the postseason, that is conceding defeat already. If you're not willing to be aggressive and you're not willing to take chances, especially when you're down 3 nothing in the series, what are you even doing? The whole game plan seemed to rely on Connor Hellebuck being perfect, and unfortunately for the Jets, he wasn't. You know, Hellebuck has basically done all that he can but stand on his head, and even then, it's still not been enough. He made, I don't know, like 36 or 37 saves last night, and only conceded three goals in total, including the overtime winner that eventually sank the Jets. If that's what your goalie is giving you, then at least score more than two goals. I mean, it's really unacceptable that the Jets' offense was just completely out of it. If you're getting a two-goal performance from, of all people, Logan Stanley, you have to understand that there is something fundamentally wrong with your roster. Now, not all of the fault lies with Paul Maurice. I know that he tends to be the very easy target, but I will say that a lot of the issues with this team do stem from him either not trusting his rookies enough, trusting the veterans way too much, and coaching from the perspective of a team that has very limited talent. In this series, you know, there is some argument that a more conservative approach was necessary, especially once DeMello and Shifley went out, but when you look at the way that, you know, Paul Maurice actually treats playing a more defensive style, it's basically just allowing Montreal to own puck possession and run over Winnipeg in the slot. It's not something where the Jets are actually playing good defensive hockey. Winnipeg was getting slaughtered. And maybe this is actually a great wake-up call for the Jets, because I think for too many seasons they've been complacent. You look at this team and where it is and where it was a couple of seasons ago, it's just a far cry from what the team was in 2017-2018. I don't know if there is a team that has fallen further off a cliff in the past couple of seasons than Winnipeg. You know, you think about where the Jets were and what they, they had accomplished as true Stanley Cup contenders and this, this so-called core of, of many years of Cup contending quality, and the Jets only made one true run. The rest of the seasons were one-and-done playoff appearances, and for the most part, the Jets were really bad. Last night, I feel like, should be the end of this current era of the Jets. I think Winnipeg has gotten as far as it can with the current coaching staff and some of the players that have, have been, you know, veteran members of the squad for a long time. And Paul Maurice had a funny quote. He did say something like, this This team is going to get better next year. It's just entering its prime. It's not. This team is already in its prime, or in some cases, well past its prime for a few of the players. I can tell you Mark Shifley probably ain't getting better. He was at his peak like uh, maybe three or four years ago, and that was when he was dominant everywhere. Ehlers is in his prime right now as a 25-year-old. Blake Wheeler is what, like 34-ish, 35, somewhere around there? These aren't ages that you're building around except for like maybe Nick Ehlers. This, this is a team that should be competing every season based on what we're talking about when it comes to prime performance. Winnipeg has watched its cup contending window slam shut, and the team only has itself to blame for this. In just a moment, I think it's time we talk about what changes need to be made. Some of these are not new changes, I've suggested them before, but it's time to think about 
what further changes to the organization need to happen for Winnipeg to truly take that next step. Before then though, I wanted to tell you a little bit about growing your wealth. Stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading. Some of these things are probably familiar to you, but even if you only dabble in it, Wealthfront is here to help you find out the best way to truly grow your long-term wealth. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. There's no manual trading, no picking stocks, and no anxiously watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. Again, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. When it comes to buying auto parts, a lot of us are probably very inexperienced. Most of us are DIY mechanics with limited experience and maybe not much understanding of either what we're buying or how much we're paying for it. If you want to stop wasting time and money, then go to rockauto.com right now. They're a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their intuitive, easy-to-use website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle and then set a price range filter so you always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com's diverse catalog is sure to have what you need in stock. And best of all, you can save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick and mortar in-store pricing. So why shop anywhere else? rockauto.com never charges a membership fee and all customers pay the same prices no matter their level of experience. Their selection, pricing, and customer service can't be beat. When you're checking out at rockauto.com, be sure to write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today and tell them Locked On sent you. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are talking about Winnipeg versus Montreal and more specifically the aftermath. It's been pretty brutal on social media. I think if you've been following the Jets and any of their fans on Twitter, Instagram, anywhere else. Yeah, the, uh, the sentiment isn't pretty and I think a lot of the frustration is very palpable. This is a team now that has spent the last, I don't know, 10 years or so spinning its wheels. Now, there were a couple of seasons where the Jets actually were legit great. You know, one of them almost led to a deep Stanley Cup playoff run. Were it not for the Vegas Knights being a thing in that first season, the Jets may have gone very far and actually won the Cup. They were the best team in the the NHL that year. I felt like that's one of the best teams I've ever seen, you know, certainly in my lifetime. And even stripping out the bias, you know, as as a Jets fan, I have to say, Comparing the numbers with a lot of the historically great teams, the Jets were among the top five or top ten squads that we've seen in the last ten years or so. That team was an absolute monster, and it's really strange to watch this team now and think that some of those players were on that squad. Looking at what Winnipeg has become over the past couple of seasons, it's disappointing and sad because the Jets were so courageous, they were so strong, they were so dangerous on the uh, counter, certainly in, in terms of offensive zone possessions, good overlapping routes clever power play movement. I mean, everything on that team, and especially on the back end, was just clicking along nicely. Even Connor Hellebuck was in very good shape at that time. Fast forward a few seasons, and Connor Hellebuck is probably the only one really performing at a high level other than like Nikolai Ehlers and maybe Neil Pionk. The rest of this team, in a lot of areas, is either good, you know, okay, or just plain bad, you know, and I think that that sort of balance of not really having a high-end elite roster with Lots of guys who have settled for being great or even just good is kind of a problem. You know, Winnipeg can't have a couple of forwards who are defensive specialists and not guys who are like really high-end elite goal scorers and and play drivers. The Jets only have a couple of these kinds of players. Ehlers is an amazing play driver. 
Kyle Connor is a really gifted goal scorer. Mark Shifley can do both, but he doesn't defend at all. And I think you start to see that, you know, a lot of these top young players that the Jets have, they have some very glaring weaknesses. I mean, Shifley is probably, for me, one of the most egregious examples. He's supposed to be your number one center, and it feels like he's more like a second liner. Sure, the guy puts up tons of points, and I think it's very easy to see why. He's naturally talented, he's got a great shot, his passing is pretty good, he's a good skater. A lot of things with Shifley are very good, but the things that hold him back from being truly elite, I feel like are going to plague him for the rest of his career unless he turns it around. It feels like his discipline over the past couple of seasons has sort of fallen off. I'm not talking about, like, taking penalties and stuff. I just mean defensively, he's not really committed at all. You know, you, you see the first time that he backchecks in most of the series, Andy ends up getting suspended because he takes a kid out in the process. So I just, I don't really know what to make of it. I, I feel like Winnipeg is kind of at the point where I really love Shifley and I love some of these players, but I also don't see a level at which these guys are going to get the team above this crest or or this peak where they need to scale the summit and really ascend it so they can get to the other side and win a cup. Part of that is also on the coaching staff and management. I think the Jets have been okay for a while now, but past couple of seasons, they've gotten really bad. Maurice is definitely key among this. Certainly his, his supporting coaching staff isn't great either. I don't really know what Charlie Huddy does, but I, I don't think it's great because I look at his defensive deployments and the time on ice splits. I don't really know what is going on there. But Tucker Pullman getting consistent first pairing minutes is very much unacceptable. So... I, I think that there's a lot of change that needs to happen, and I'd also look at the support staff around the Jets and find folks who are really progressively minded. Winnipeg should be a team built with speed and skill in mind, and right now, they're not really playing that way at all. They're built more like a grindy four-checking team with some really high-end skilled players and a bunch of guys who are, are good to uh, maybe even great at times in very specific areas, but their overall tool sets, it's just a little bit mediocre. I love Andrew Cott, but I think he's at the point of his career where he probably needs to be let go. You know, he had a very high scoring season relative to his career. He's definitely not quite the same defensive maestro he was a couple of seasons ago. And the same can be said for Lowry, but Adam already has a contract. So that's not really going to be an issue in terms of trying to figure out whether to retain or let him go. But Cop is a bit of a different story. In my mind, I think Cop needs to be let go. I think you should try and move him or something. Andrew has been a really good player for the Jets, but he's going to be looking for like a four and a half plus million dollar deal, and I just don't know if that's really worth it. Winnipeg needs to start bringing in some of its really good young skilled players like Christian Veselainen and, and, you know, Cole Perfetti certainly needs a spot, David Gustafson too. The Jets can't go back to guys like Nate Thompson and a lot of these really veteran players, and that's down to the coaching staff as well. I think Winnipeg is trusting, you know, Paul Maurice to try and find the best way to balance youth and experience. And he tends to always favor, uh, you know, veteran experience. But it's not really useful experience if those veterans are struggling out there every night. I'm not trying to single out players here, but there were a lot of guys who were on the more experienced and veteran side of things that were just plain bad. Thompson last night had a really ugly penalty kill turnover that turned into a goal against. He's trying to do his job the best he can, but the coaching staff is asking stuff that he really can't do. And I look at that as being a consistent problem with this team. You know, a couple, was it last year or maybe a couple seasons ago, Kyle Connor was on the penalty kill too? Who thought that was a great idea? One of the forwards with, like, the worst defensive impacts on the ice is going to be a guy that you ask to kill penalties? Seriously? I don't know what the uh, analytics or, or data mining staff is telling people about this team, but, you know, if they're not really getting through to the coaching staff, there's got to be some better synergy and, and relationship here because the way I see it, management, the coaching staff, maybe their data department, everyone does not seem to be on the same page. And this team is running out of time to realize that. This offseason, the team needs to clean house. I know it won't happen, but it needs to happen. 
the Jets are too okay with being mediocre. They need to be better than this because we know that they can be special. We've seen them at their best. They won't get back to that level anytime soon, but they can at least start the journey. I mean, at the bare minimum, I just don't want to see this team get curb stomped by Montreal in the postseason again. That was embarrassing. And stuff like that really shows why the Jets have always been pretenders when it comes to the postseason. Other than 2017-2018 and maybe 2014-15, the Jets have not been truly serious playoff contenders. I want that to change because I want the best for this team, and it's going to have to start with making some really difficult decisions. We'll know in a few months if the Jets are in fact ready for that level of change, or if they're going to stay comfortable with the same stuff that they've been doing for years. I'm going to stop my rant there because I think I could say a lot more about the Jets, but you already know how I feel about it. You probably feel, at least in some capacity, a bit similar. Let's just hope they start winning again. Those were really fun days when they were good. With all that playoff talk, I did also want to talk about some of the other ongoing series, one of which has just finished. We'll talk about that result in just a moment. Before we move on, though, here is why BetOnline should be your premier online betting destination. When it comes to the weird, wacky, wonderful world of online betting, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you should look no further than BetOnline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball and hockey season are in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, international football, and all sports in between. No matter what you're into, BetOnline has your back. Before that next pitch or face-off, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and enter all the contests your heart desires. Stop sitting on the sidelines and join your favorite teams as they begin their playoff quests for glory. Win as they win. To get started, register for a free account at BetOnline.ag on your laptop or mobile device, and at registration, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus when you make your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON at registration for a matched 50% welcome bonus when you make your very first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I also wanted to tell you a little bit about Lucy Nicotine. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. They've spent the past three years developing two great products made for people, not patients. They've come up with nicotine gum with 4 milligrams of nicotine that comes in three great flavors like wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. Lucy also offers a lozenge with 4 milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors like cherry ice, citrus, and mint. It's convenient and discreet. Lucy can be enjoyed anywhere including flights, work, on the go, or even at the gym. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple, and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down perfectly. Lucy lozenges and gums are also FSA and HSA eligible, so you can spend pre-tax dollars on them. Go to lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Visit lucy.co and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDONNHL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are closing out tonight with some playoff updates from around the NHL. The Jets and Montreal series were the first to finish, um, but we actually just have another series that is now over, and that is uh, Tampa Bay versus Carolina. Tampa Bay taking this one four games to one. Not really shocking, I guess. I think Carolina was kind of in a tough spot. They didn't really have maybe the kind of goaltending performances that they were hoping for. And honestly, it's just difficult playing against Tampa. This is a better team with an extremely potent offense that's basically automatic on the power play. It's like a very different version of Colorado, but some of the same you know principles, at least with how they're built and how fast and dangerous they are, do apply. 
One thing that Tampa Bay definitely has over Colorado is a clear Vezina candidate goalie. This guy, you know, Andre Vasilevsky, he's probably going to win the trophy this year, and he's been a beast in net. Even when Tampa Bay hasn't been nearly as good, he just stops just about everything. Tonight, though, Tampa Bay came to finish the series. They did a good job, and they played very well. They shut the Canes out 2-0, and I don't think anyone can really complain about the scoreline or the series results. Tampa Bay is quite literally just built different. This is a team that's designed to win Stanley Cups, and they've already done so once. They can probably win it again if all goes right this year. We've got a few other in-progress series, though, and right now one of them has just resumed, which is Vegas versus Colorado. Vegas and Colorado are both tied 2-2 in the series. At first, uh, Colorado seemed like they were going to run away with it, but then after Game 2 or so, it seemed like the Knights had started to figure out Colorado's offense and ways to shut it down, especially in transition, and now Vegas has very much evened up the series and is actually massively outplaying Colorado. If the Avs don't win tonight, they may be in serious danger of losing this series because the next game will be at home for Vegas. It's scoreless right now in the first period, so anything can happen, but, you know, I'm starting to think that maybe the Knights have the formula down and maybe they're going to be the ones to advance to the next round. Montreal is probably not relishing the thought of facing either of these teams, but at least they get to the dance unlike the Jets. The last in-progress series will resume tomorrow and New York Islanders have a chance to finish off Boston. They currently lead the series 3-2. The Islanders, I think, are a very surprising team to a lot of folks. The goaltending's been great. The defense, you know, questionable. The offense finding very timely scoring opportunities and doing enough to frustrate Boston in its own end, such that the Islanders have done a pretty good job of surviving some really difficult Bruins opportunities. That Boston squad, while certainly weaker than it has been in previous seasons, is still very good, very dangerous, and very experienced. That's not a team you want to mess around with a whole lot, so... You know, the Islanders should be pretty proud of themselves. They will have a very difficult matchup in Tampa Bay, a chance to rematch against the team that knocked them out last year, and if they somehow pull off the upset against Tampa Bay, yeah, the Stanley Cup Final is going to be insane. We'll have the results of the uh, series from tonight and tomorrow on our show when we're talking a little bit more about the playoff series and what may happen in round number three. But for tonight's episode, that will do it. Before you log off, don't forget to check out our latest and greatest podcast, Locked On Today. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Burkowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite shows. And as always, thanks for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!